Hi, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 107. Um, tonight is just the two of us. Um, it's Imran. I've got Imran with me. How are you, Imran? I'm, I'm okay, thank you. How it's, are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, the clocks went back over here in the UK. Um, still trying to figure out if it's really quarter seven or is it quarter awake <laughs> body clock is just a bit messed up but apart from that um i think it's a good weekend sport wise for a couple of our teams in different sports but yeah not too bad you okay busy with work yeah same old <laughs> same same um we were just talking pre-pod about work and i've got two weeks off come from next week so just in time for football manager um, so when it comes out next week, who to do, who to take over, Roma or Barcelona? But hey, um, so Roma won, AC Milan two, Slatan Ibrahimovic, um, Frank Kessie penalty. Don't think it was a penalty, um, but we'll talk about that later. And then uh, Stefan Alshuari in the 93rd, was it 93rd minute in the sixth yeah. minute of added time? Teo Hernandez yeah. got sent off after 70 minutes. To be honest, I don't think that was a sending off because the referee missed a foul in the build-up. Um, as frustrating as it is, there is some major talking points about this game. Just how poor were Roma for the first 70 minutes until, until Teo Hernandez is sending off? Um, it was men against boys for the majority of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, I I felt that. In the beginning, I got vibes from the Napoli game uh, in, in the sense that we, we gave them the initiative, showed them too much respect. They capitalized on that uh, to complete control of the game. We were just running in between. And uh, that uh, didn't turn out so well because uh, uh, we gave away possession in dangerous positions, which resulted in yeah free kicks. Again, mistakes this time from Rui Patricio should have really taken that. Uh, and uh, yeah, and the penalty. We we couldn't really come up with anything apart from some few half chances, counter attacks, uh, but never never really endangered uh, the opponent. And uh, after that, uh, they got the penalty, and then the sending of that's when we really showed up because uh, it was clear that we had a man. Um, a man advantage, uh, an extra man on the pitch, uh, but still failed to materialize until the 93rd minute. Overall, I think uh, I would definitely say disappointing performance uh, once again uh, in a big game. Uh, this time we lose uh, and we've lost uh, three of, I would say, the big four games we played so far. And uh, Struggling to take too many positives uh, from this game, actually. Um, becoming, I'm afraid it's becoming a pattern, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's not good. And there's a lot you can say about the current situation. I know that this might sound too dramatic, and that perhaps 
we or I in this uh, in this uh, special I mean particular situation perhaps overreacting, but I think I'm struggling to see a proper identity uh, of this team. I don't know what this team is trying to achieve, how they want to play. If they have uh, if they have uh, a way or idea of playing, I'm not seeing it on the pitch because. Uh, we we have uh, we're really struggling in attack. There's no like I don't know I don't see what they're trying to do or if they're trying it's not working. So something either something has to be done uh, or uh, because uh, the system we're playing it, it doesn't get the best out of the players. So it's it's, it's very unfair to single out individual players because collective as a unit, as a team the midfield is not working optimally, nor the attack Uh, so we're not getting the best out of the players Yeah, um, I do agree with that I think um, ever since the Lazio game it's been like two steps forward and five steps back, I don't know if you would agree with me, where they would get a result one game and then falter against Juventus and then do well against Napoli and then get a result in Kyrie. And then just it just comes apart and in, what, 50, 55 minutes against probably one of the best sides in Italy this season where just, there was as I said earlier, it was man against boys. Roma just couldn't get past AC Milan. I'm just wanting to ask, do you think he would... He, He's changed to a back three in what the last two games against Cagliari and AC Milan. Do you think he will do that going forward in digital four two three one? Because it's not really getting the best out of the players. I I, I know what you mean, but I think it's mostly been. Uh, it's, you know, in a desperate situation, yes, yeah, we've yeah. we, we turned to that formation. Uh, but going, you know, gung ho from first minute with three man. I remember, if we play from start in that formation, we are very vulnerable yes. uh, to conceding goals. So, or if we do that, we will sacrifice something attack. But I would perhaps uh, try four, three, one, two, uh, with uh, with uh, Zaniol as a second striker or okay. false striker, and Pellegrini as trequartista. Because I don't think we're getting the best out of uh, Zaniolo from the wing. And I mean, currently the way we are playing. Uh, our wingers they are not effective at all i mean we're not cre- there's, there's no threat coming from our wingers it's from mostly from the sidebacks uh, when we have crossed we i mean we are uh, not that good one on one i mean zaniol is good on one on but he's not able to he's not able to materialize into something productive uh, so uh, perhaps uh, try something different up in attack because mm. it's obvious that the attack is not working. Would that be a midfield three of Vera two, Cristante and Pellegrini, and then Zanio? Uh, no, sorry, my fault. Be Vera two, Cristante. Um, who else could you put in there? And Pellegrini is a number ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just thinking. Or Abraham or 
Shomorodov, but I, I would uh, that would mean either Pellegrini and Zaniolo on the bench. I think yeah, it's uh, it's too big of a luxurious problem, luxury problem for us to you know uh, be in. So I, I would definitely try uh, Zaniolo, uh, but now it's a different situation. I mean because we have uh, four games in Serie A coming up against. Venezia, Genoa, Sampdoria. Is it Bologna? I know Bologna is one of the midweek games in December, yeah. Yeah, so we we have the opportunity to show that, I mean, at least uh, uh, create something and make the attack more functioning than it it is currently. Uh, If not, I think we need to seriously start... uh, you know, doing things different because we can't continue the same way. Yeah, I just hope he has a plan B because plan A has not really worked really worked well in the last couple of weeks. This, as you said, the attack has been shunted and nothing has been nullified. And you also saw parts of yesterday's game where Pellegrini and Abraham were doing the pressing and then there was a 20-yard gap between them and Henrik Mkhitaryan who's probably been told to probably do a little bit, half and half, and then AC Milan were just finding pockets of space and just attacking at will, and it was just, it was quite painful to watch at times yeah. yesterday. It's just, Milan were just picking us off at will. Yeah, and I'm a bit disappointed because I wouldn't expect us to be, uh, you know, tactically exposed like that, especially with Mourinho. I thought he would be tactically more... Compose his teams would be more tactically disciplined, closing down the space, and not allowing Milan uh, this type of dominance. Or at least, if you give the opponent, or if you allow them the possession, at least play like Atletico Madrid, where you where you collectively, you know, move in units, so you mm. close down space. Uh, you put uh, as a unit, as a team, you apply aggressive pressure on the opponent. And this is modern football. This is what you have to do. You cannot allow your opponents uh, that much time with possession because ultimately they will they will punish you. And this will happen with Milan. I mean, you saw that Ibrahim Ibrahimovic was dropping deeper and deeper all the time. Yes. And and we it seemed like it seemed like we didn't have any response to that. We should have responded by not allowing him to. Uh, get the possession when he drops it because he was able to build up play, link up with players, you know, distribute passes right, left. Uh, so, and that gave them advantage because Milan is not dependent on having a central striker inside the box because they can, they have tricky wingers uh, who are good on ball. Rafa Leao, he can, you know, he's so good one on one. He can get, he can get free kick out of any situation. Uh, and you have Theo Hernandez, who's really good on the ball, one on one, really good pace, flair. He can, you know, get into the box. Very good finishing. So they have players with different characteristics. They can punish you in many different ways. Uh, and I, I don't think we were able to neutralize them as we should have. But I have to hand it to Milan because. They are a better side, and they have been together for a long time. So they have been they've been given time to to gel together and produce this type of 
performances. So, you know, hats down to them. We lost to a better team. Do you know they've been like a collective team, I think, ever since the project restart? So what was that, June 2020, when they just hit the ground running? I remember just a couple of weeks before the season stopped in March. I think it was one of the first games they played behind close or They lost at home to Genoa. Yeah. 2-1 and they were wretched. I remember watching that on a um, Sunday afternoon. I think it might have been the same day where Juve played Inter in the Derby d'Italia behind closed doors and then the season stopped. But yeah. since that, they really hit the game uh, hit the ground running and I think if it wasn't for maybe the Europa League last season and just a bit of bad form, they would have been champions. They had they had it at, yeah. at, the, at the fingertips. I think this season with the Champions League, I won't be surprised if they just completely botch that off and don't worry about qualifying for the Europa League, and then they can fully concentrate on the league. Yeah, because they don't have they don't have too much to play for. They will they will not qualify uh, as a team. Uh, I think. I mean, having lost the first three games, I think Newcastle. I remember Newcastle doing that, uh, losing three first game and then qualifying. Uh, but uh, it would be difficult if I were them. I would put all efforts into winning the Serie A. Yeah, uh, I- because they are, you know, because they've had Pioli for two years now. Uh, he knows the team. He knows the environments, and they have the Ibrahimovic factor. Even when he's injured, he's in the dressing room. He's there at the training pitch. Huge impact uh, on this team. Uh, a, I think a, a big factor for their success and turnaround uh, and consistency uh, in terms of results. Uh, it's obvious that they got it when he came back. So, uh, uh, yeah, very, very impressed by him at age 40, you know, playing like the way he is. Oh, my God. The, the, the touch for the second, for his disallowed goal, he took it so well, but he, he, what, he went a little bit too early. And then the ball to Rafael Leal for his disallowed goal was yeah. outstanding. Uh, once again, he went a little bit too early. It's just a little delicate chest over, I think it was Gianluca Mancini. Yeah. Oh my God! I was just thinking, Jesus Christ! He's, he's, he'll be playing until he's like forty-three, forty-four, and it'll just be—it'll be him rolling back the years, week in, week out. He's still got it. I, I watched the Bologna game the other week, and he—he he had a iffy game, but scored. But t- uh, last night he was unplayable at times. Yeah, yeah, he was, and that was—I think that was also. Uh, Quite clear when he came up against Mancini and Ibane. Ibane did still relatively well compared to Mancini. I think Mancini was just he didn't have anything to come up with. That was the, I mean, the one, uh, you know, the challenge where I felt it was clear men against boys. Boys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because yeah, he was completely outplayed. Uh, uh, in every in every department of the game, one on one in the air, uh, tactical positioning, uh, yeah, um, he had he had the upper hand throughout the game. As as much as we're gushing about AC Milan, I did feel like Ishmael Benassir probably was probably one of the best players on the pitch. He just gobbled up everything, broke up play when Roma did attack in in 
in fits and starts, but his positioning, he's a proper deep line playmaker and he's such a joy to watch. Yeah, very good on the ball, uh, technically gifted, um, great vision. Um, yeah, um, ever since, I think it was, it was Empoli he was playing for before. Yeah, yeah, Empoli, yeah. yeah, yeah ever since his Empoli days, um, a very good player. And, and not just that, it, it's just uh, very happy for to see, I mean, uh, um, for him that he has taken the steps because it's not easy going from um, you know side like Empoli to Milan and on top of that playing for Scudetto and you're starting in that team so he has taken huge steps and he's a really good midfielder like we said about Napoli the other week um, they'll be missing uh, AC Milan will be missing some players going to the uh, African Cup of Nations in, in January so that's going to be a, yeah. a big blow for them um, before we talk about the massive elephant in the room um, I wanted to talk about Tammy Abraham. Um, we talked about it briefly last week when we did the calorie. I think we when we talked about the calorie. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I did feel sorry for him. Um, I don't think he's match fit. I think he's still struggling with that ankle injury which he picked up against um uh, Hungary uh, in yeah. the October um, World Cup qualifiers. I think he's. I think he shouldn't have played against Juventus, even though he did have a good game against um, Juventus. But I just don't think he's not fit. And I don't think Jose's trust that much in the strikers that we have on the bench. Yeah, in a way, he uh, hasn't been up to his best in the last three games. Napoli, Cagliari and yesterday. His work rate, he was... He was taken off yesterday, early in the game. It was a correct decision because it was painful to watch him. Like you say, perhaps he's playing with an injury, uh, but it's not uh, it's not the ideal situation for the rest of the team because you need someone who can give more. Yeah. I'm not singling him out here, although I said in the previous podcast that I was getting a bit worried for him. Perhaps there, there is an underlying factor, like you say, match fitness injury situation uh, that he's playing through I mean massive respect to him if he's just you know keeping his mouth shut and just doing as the coach oh, God, yeah. massive respect to him but I, I think that like I said right now Mourinho is not getting the best out of these players yeah. we know that these players are able to do much better we know better too from last season and his first 3-4 games uh, this season he was really good he was unplayable now he looks like a shadow of himself and it, I don't think it's down to um, I don't think it's down to his form and that he's, he might look out of form yeah true but I think it's uh, it's down to uh, the system that uh, that is not getting out, the best out of the players yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, should we talk about the massive big elephant in the room and the controversy of yesterday's game? I think there's about three or four. Uh, can, we could chew the fat and pick apart. Um, my notifications on one of them it just went through the roof. Went through the roof yesterday, and it was. <laughs> I'm hoping it to stop soon. But um, the penalty uh, for Roger Branyas on Slatan. It's frustrating because you can clearly, clearly see he gets the ball and it's a really good challenge. But on the other hand, you could see, did he get pulled up because of the follow-through? But it's, yeah, it's 
it's tough, but you could see this clearly see the ball moved in a different direction and you can clearly see on the replays he did get the ball. Yeah, he did. And that's why VAR interfered because they felt it was a clear error. And mm. that's why otherwise they, they, I mean, they shouldn't have intervened because that, according to the rules, you only intervene when there is a clear error. Uh, but, you know, uh, the referee didn't agree with that. He still gave the penalty. I think it was a tough challenge. And uh, I think it was a tough challenge between two great players, mm-hmm. two great physical players. Uh, where I believe that uh, Ibanez got the upper hand because he had the last touch on the ball. Um, once again, physical challenge, but he, ha- he his touch changed the direction of the ball, and I think that's a decisive factor uh, when you are defending because Ibrahimovic couldn't have potentially scored even if that foul or whatever was not made because the direction of the ball was changed due to the intervention of Ibanez. So I think it was a tough challenge. Uh, but And like Mancini said, um, they, that wouldn't have been given a penalty uh, in the Premier League. Oh, God, no, no. And if you look at the stats, you know, in the, Serie, the Italian League is ridiculously ahead of both the Spanish League, Ligue 1, and the Premier League in terms of penalties. So there are far more penalties given in Serie A. And the the biggest problem is not the penalties. and I mean, the number of penalties in itself. It's just the inconsistency. Like, <laughs> the fans just get confused. You don't know what's a penalty anymore. You don't know what is a penalty. So uh, I believe that, for me, that is the most frustrating factor. Yeah, I did like Mancini's quote. He said that, to be honest, that wouldn't be given in League Two, in the fourth division in the, in the football league, a league that I watch week in, week out, and when I can, when, at the home games, and when I can get to the away games. And that is a poor stand in the refereeing, also. But no, that would never be given. Um, I think James Horncastle um, put a statistics out about that. The, in the week about a, a lot of more penalties are given in Serie A than in the other top five leagues in Europe and it's just astonishing that you say it game in game out and it's just ugh, it's baffling and uh. and you have VAR and you use it but it's still being used incorrectly yeah I mean if there are penalties uh, given you know in those numbers, which are so different and so high from the other leagues, there must be, you know, some underlying factor. Either mm. the the physical, I mean, the game in Italy is far more physical than other leagues. I don't think that is the case. Uh, or the refereeing is very different, or the interpretation of the game and the rules is very different from other leagues, and that is the case. Uh, and what is disappointing to see <laughs> is that these Italian referees, when they go and you know, officiate in the Champions League, they are, it's like they change uh, their standards or level and adapt to the Europe, uh, I mean, European, adapt to European style. football. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while as for in Italy, it's uh, different. You give these ridiculous penalties and the red card on Venezia. Uh, oh my God. Week. Ethan you know, Ampadu. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, it's these things that they are you know, unforgivable. I mean, unfortunately there's no other way to put it it's an unforgivable mistake 
that Ethan Abadou challenge on Frank Ribery. That's that was a wonderful challenge. I still, yeah, I have no I idea. Yeah, I have no idea why Debello saw that as a red, and he went to VAR as well. He went to use the screen as well. I'm still baffled. Like uh, six days later, on what happened. Um, the other, the other incident was uh, of a few incidents. There's plenty of Fabio Maresca um, with his dissecting. Um, the Teo Hernandez red card, second yellow. Um, he did miss a a foul, I think it may have been on either Salamakas or Cassier, where uh, Gian fouled him, and then Ter Hernandez got sent off, that, I th- thought that was not second yellow because he missed the foul in the build-up Yeah, well the challenge in itself was a yellow card but yeah, like yeah, I said yes. uh, it, it shouldn't have, I mean it shouldn't have led to that situation because there was a free kick in advance uh, on that challenge so I completely agree with you uh, that was also that was also a mistake by by him There's there's two more, uh, and they both happened in the AC Milan box um, so the one, uh, Timo Bakayoko on Gian where he just hauled him onto the floor, grabbing his shirt, he fell onto the ball and tried to, to set up an attack, I'm still I was in I was thinking, I think we were all baying for blood at that time and Roma was still looking for to get a goal back in the game, but I've seen them given it's 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 a silly foul to give away. If that was given away in the centre circle, that's a foul. But in the penalty box, who knows? But you know why? You know why it wasn't given because <laughs> um, Gian didn't make too much of it. Yes, yes, and he got you know, straight up, straight away. Yeah, yeah, he just got straight up and you know uh, spread his arms like like you know it was like. But if he ha- if he would have put in a bit more effort into that challenge. Uh, a bit more, you know, simulation. Uh, he would have get, he would have gotten it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, too honest. Especially, Look. especially when you are giving it on a challenge like uh, like on an Ibanez. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, God, yeah. Then, then it's not a big touch, in my opinion. These challenges should not be penalties. I mean, yes. not uh, Pellegrini. Oh, you're going to talk about yeah, the yeah, yeah. The next one, the Pellegrini one, the Gian one, and uh, Ibanez. I think, oh, and the Dumfries. If you talk yes, about yeah, it, I was going, yeah. You know, fair challenges, not penalties. But if the, the problem we have is with the inconsistency, yes. Good segue. Yeah, you, yeah let's, let's talk about the next one. Because <laughs> the next one, I, I, Roma were just uh, pushing AC Milan back because the ball into the box. Pellegrini got in front of Kier. Kier, I've seen it about four or five times now. I still think it's a penalty, but there's no consistency. If you're going to give one, you've got to give the other. Um, yeah. Especially what happened last week with Dumfries and Dabala. If you're going to give that, you have to give consistency in games. You, that's why there is a shitload of penalties this season that happen in Serie A. And, yeah. I, and I understand why it wasn't given. I think it was the heat of the moment yesterday where, it, it, in my eyes, I think it, it should have been given because of consistency. But now, a day or so later, you can see why it wasn't given. But it's just frustrating, isn't it? It is frustrating, but... Uh... I have to admit personally, that was not my biggest concern after the game. Fair enough. My biggest, <laughs> my biggest concern after the game was that I was worried because we did not play well. Yes. Because you know I've lost game. Uh, we've lost games where we have played well, and I have been worried. Uh, I have not been worried, but I have been frustrated 
due to referee decisions because you know I, I was looking forward to an upcoming game. I was like, you know, something to build on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have something going on here, but right now I'm I'm more to the other side. I'm a bit worried. I don't care too much about the referee right now. It's frustrating. Yes, I understand, but it's not the biggest concern right now. My biggest concern is we have four defeats in Serie A, uh, and. Uh, that's a bit too much from what I expected. So now we get more questions. You know, is the squad good enough? Uh, why are we not getting the best out of this squad? For two, I mean, for two years under Fonseca, we did not manage to win so many big games. Most of them, you know, we underperformed. We did not show up, and um, we're continuing to. See, we see that 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 pattern is continuing. So that is that is a worry. And uh, on top of that, uh, in terms of uh, you know the style of uh, football, what we are trying to do, I'm not seeing anything. You know, I'm I'm not seeing anything. I don't see any identity. I don't know what they are, where we go from here. I saw that in the previous games, but now you know, uh, it was like you said, two steps forward, five back. Mm. Uh, so the inconsistency in performances. And raises questions and stagnates the process of building an identity, uh, of building, uh, you know, something more firm and solid which you can take into the next season. It's like you need this, you need to do that in order to fight for the top four uh, and stay there because you need to build the momentum. And we are struggling to do that. So that that is a huge worry right now. Uh, and it, it might sound uh, uh, a bit harsh, uh, considering what we have discussed previously. But I, you know, the football is a uh, is very dynamic. Things can change from one week uh, to another, and is uh, con- continuing like where you, you evaluate it continu- continuously. So right now, uh, this is where I stand, and I believe that. Uh, there are there are reasons to be worried. No, no, I completely agree with you. As I said earlier, as I, as I said, it's like two steps forward, five steps back, or it's like as I normally say, one step forward, two or three steps back. It's like you have a really good, solid performance, like against yeah. Napoli. And, and then again, and then again, let's say we got the penalty yes. uh, and equalized two-two. Would that have made too much of a difference in terms of uh, the football we played? I mean, remember we. Just uh, two, three minutes ago, said that the the red card was uh, the wrong decision because mm-hmm. he missed a foul leading up to that incident. So that would ultimately mean you get the equalizer or you get a point based on refereeing mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would have been <laughs> that would have been wrong too. Uh, so yeah, the referee uh, was not up to it. Uh, fully deserved criticism to him for his. Uh, uh, performance and the inconsistency in the decisions generally in Serie A but also uh, this referee in particular during this game uh, but I think uh, Roma have bigger issues that need to be addressed uh, and that need to be corrected uh, I would like and you know remember Mourinho is not the type of coach that you hire to to build, uh, you know, to uh, uh, implement a type of football which needs time. He's a quick fixer. Yes. He gets you the result imme- results immediately. He's not a coach that needs 
time because his football is not that advanced. His football is not so revolutionary like uh, you know, like Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola, uh, Sarri. You know, they play a different type of football which needs um, adapting time. You know, adapting players need to acclimatize to that. Even Spalletti to an extent, but he's done really well uh, here. Uh, so that uh, right now, I mean, if we say that we need time, I don't think we need time in terms of um, uh, play. You know, adapting a style of play. I think we what could probably save Mourinho uh, in terms of uh, time is time in terms of signing new players. Uh, the Mercato that time could be the time we're speaking about here, which could help him. Uh, which could help him implement his style of football um, and give uh, identity to the team where they can be a bit more ferocious than they have been. Yeah, and today is the 1st of November and we're just, what, eight, eight, in a, eight nine weeks away from um, the 1st of January with the winter transfer market and I think he's already got his targets in mind. I've heard three or four players. I think we talked about it last pod. Um, I uh, think a defensive midfielder is needed the most and uh, it's clearly missing in the games yeah. we've watched in the last four to five weeks especially after the october international break um i was going to say where do we go from here we also got a european game midweek against yeah. bodo glimt um thankfully it's not a six o'clock kick uh, 5 30 uh, 5 45 watching three kickoff times hmm. uh, it's the later kickoff in uh in italy um uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini is out the out the game. Um, his knee's been heavily strapped for the last couple of games. Um, I think he needs a rest. Uh, for me personally, and yeah, do you think Jose will play his strongest squad going into this game, or do you see a couple of changes? Um, do you think he'll implement the tactics that we may have talked about earlier in the podcast? I don't think he will do that. I don't no. think he will implement the tactics. Uh, it was just a suggestion. It was yeah, of course, you know, yeah. a topic of discussion uh, as a possible because that's what we're here for. But I don't think he will do that. I oh, what I think he will do, he will be forced to make a couple of changes. Uh, but if we take into consideration what he said um, after last game that he would play the same team, I think he's looking for revenge. It was a bit personal for him. Yeah. He would like to he would like to smash Budaglimt on Thursday. Uh, that's what he likes to do. And what I can say about Budaglimt is that last time when we, I mean, before the last game we met them, they were three points ahead uh, in the league. Uh, they had Molde. We have Molde on the second place. They went head on head uh, or head to head. Not the last round, but the round before. And they won two now. Yeah, they won. They won very comfortably, two nil. And yesterday, Molde they lost six nil, <laughs> and Buda Limit won. So they are seven points ahead, five games to go. So they will win that league again. Uh, so I don't think they will put uh, too much efforts into the league. Uh, but now it won't affect the Roma game too much. But what I what I mean is that we need to win, and we need to win our remaining games if we want to if we want to top the league. Uh, I mean, top the group. Yeah, sorry, I, I did do a Google search and had a look at Bodo Glimt, and they uh, they beat Starbuck. Apologies if I'm absolutely botching yeah. this. So they beat they beat in Tromso, Starbuck. Uh, Molder 2-0 and uh, is it Stroms Godset? 
Stump's good to hear. Oh god. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, they beat sorry, they beat Mulder six now. And yeah. That's uh, sorry, uh, Bodo Glint sorry, I was looking at Mulder's results. Duh, stupid me. So yeah, yeah. uh is it San Sanders Jord? Sanofield, yeah. Yeah, so they won one. They beat one nil. Uh, yeah, so they're looking really good for it. I gather it's the second Norwegian title in, in space of two years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's um, it's uh, it's impressive. Uh, just as last season, last season they were very dominant. Had better players. They lost um, good players. Still doing well. Um, you know, in, invested in good young Norwegian players and still doing well. So it was, it, it will be, it will be a difficult game uh, because Budigrimt will still try to play that football um, with the aggressive pressure, possession, and um, counter attacks like they did last time. Hmm. Uh, so we need to be, we need to be more aggressive in our pressing and. Uh, the defensive line cannot be like it was last time. There was no, there was no cohesion back there. It was a complete <laughs> mess. <laughs> it was a complete mess. Yeah, yeah in, an easy, in an easy way. I was going to say another swear word, but I thought no, I said too much on the last couple of podcasts. I was really yeah. impressed with um, older Solbach in in that game. He looks a really, really talented footballer. He's good, but I think Pat, Patrick Bag is, uh, you know, this is, he's the yeah. real deal. Yeah, this, I mean, not Roma quality, but he's the next guy they will. The next cab uh, off the rank. Abroad. Yeah. Yeah, he'll go abroad. Ulla Solbach will go abroad as well. And, um, yeah, they have some good players. But I hope for changes. <laughs> I know that uh, Diavara and Diavara. VR, Reynolds, and Borja Mayral, yeah. Borja Mayral will not be in the squad. Uh, so we have to we have to rely on other. But you know, this is a game where you have to give Karstorp uh, a rest and um, Vinia too. Um, especially with the international break coming up, some of these players will travel there to South America. Vinia will travel to South yeah, America and play you know. a couple of games. I imagine he'll play in one game, uh, probably two three days before Roma's next league game after the international break, like he has the last yeah. two occasions. Yeah, yeah. So what what do you reckon? We predicted the side last time, and they got followed six one. Um, yeah. What type of what type of team do you reckon? Do you reckon will go half and half? So yeah, obviously Rui Patricia yeah. in goal. Yeah, and John uh, will probably get the start. Uh, yeah, he will probably get the nod from the start um, because Mourinho has introduced him, in, you know, in both last games. Perhaps Shomurodov, uh, considering he was also given a chance yesterday. I think Al Sharawi might it's, start. It's, yeah, Al Sharawi should start. Yes, uh, definitely. Tana has been poor. I don't think what he will offer. Um, so yeah, somewhere in you know turnover between fifty fifty. But I I hope for a higher turnover. But I I don't think so. If the four players. The, the naughty four players on the, the naughty step were not there. I would expect all four of them to be in the starting eleven. But yeah. I think because Mourinho could have uh, been the perfect, yes. uh, uh, I mean, perfect opportunity then for to, for them to bounce back. Actually, yes. yeah, this but, would have uh, been. But he's burnt his bridges now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. 
and it looks like um, Gonzalo Villar could be on his way out in January. There's been rumours I saw today linked with two Spanish clubs. I think it's Real Betis and I think it's Valencia. And I think there was a third one. I think he was almost on his way. There was massive rumours have been linked to Atletico Madrid. That could have been interesting, but I'd like to see... He needs football, and he's being ostracised at the moment. They all are, and it's just a horrible yeah. mess. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. Uh, it's like I said, very unfortunate, and uh, not the way I would have handled yeah. the situation. But this is Mourinho. He does it the hard way. He wants player players uh, where he can give them this type of treatment. He he wants the right response in return before you can introduce them but that's not how you that's not how it works with uh, different players because uh, players are different you have to analyze them individually how they are psychologically and you have to you have to treat them accordingly to get the best out of them if you treat all players the same way i mean with that response you risk uh, mentally breaking down a lot of players and uh, that's not uh, what you want to achieve as a coach um, so I think if you, uh, the man management uh, is not uh, has uh, has changed you know players are psychologically vulnerable, vulnerable and you have to respect that you have to take that into consideration yeah uh, I, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt go, go, go ahead oh. <laughs> No, so that's one thing that I was there. But I think he, what he wants is that he wants to get rid of these players and replace them with uh, players uh, who have, uh, who have the, st- you know, the, the physical characteristics that he's looking looking for, and also the, the mental, mental characteristics yeah. where he can, um, you know, be tough, hard. I mean, I'm not surprised that 18 year old Gian is playing for you know was introduced yesterday mentally that guy's on another plan because he had nothing to lose you know he 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 came from a really tough background he's gotten the you know the opportunity of his life i think he has bigger worries than being placed on the bench or giving mm-hmm. a rough treatment by Mourinho he has you know when you've seen um Poverty struggles. You know how rough and the tough the situation has been on the way to where he is today. I think he, that puts uh, perspective uh, into his life. I, I I don't mean that as a negative to those who have had comfortable lives. You know, we. I mean, we most of us uh, come from comfortable backgrounds where we have not had those struggles, but. Uh, it's just a way of seeing things. That's why I think that's why he's being introduced because mentally he's on a different level. Yeah, I think mentally he's, he's there. Um, I was going to say working class backgrounds, but I think you've absolutely nailed it on the head completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, once again, I, and that's that's one of my you know analysis of you know Norway is a population of almost five five million people. Mm. You're a guy. A bit smaller, almost. I think it's three and a half million in Europe. Yeah, three and a half. And you know they produce footballers of you know a different class, yes. different caliber. Uh, why do they do that? Because uh, my theory is that because people in Norway they have good lives, <laughs> they don't need to be footballers. While as for people in Uruguay, it's the opportunity of their life. It's the mm. survival instinct. They have to 
that's their way out of a difficult life. Uh, same for Brazil. You don't have the best academies there. While in Norway, you know, we have football academies, but the players that come through these academies, they become so, you know, robotic. They become so, um, it's difficult to say, but when you see these people coming from who have played in the streets, they have a different aura, you know, they have something else with them, which is, which I think they benefit from different later in their careers. So there are a lot of factors uh, playing a big part here. And um, we just have to respect that uh, Mourinho is our coach and uh, this is what he wants. I don't agree with uh, all his methods and what he's, what he's doing, but I think still I would give, uh, I would give him the two, three years, uh, he had three years, you know, three, he came on a three year deal, yeah. So I will give him at least two, two years just if he's not fully destructive and, you know, he yeah. just, you know, completely messes up everything. I will at least give him another season of where course, he can bring yeah. more players. And, uh, Roma is an environment where he can get that. But what is different? To him, from his Lesse Fonseca, is that with the name Mourinho, there comes a lot of expectations. And uh, that can negatively affect the team because there will be a lot of talk about it in the media. You know, you didn't bring this, the a coach of this caliber to finish fifth. But remember, you know, Capello, he also took time to build uh, a team in this first season. They finished sixth, think, didn't they? Yeah, first season and won the six, league, second season. Yeah. Fifth or six, something yeah. like that. So he needs uh, he needs uh, players. And remember uh, when Capello signed, you know, Batistuta, Walter Samuel, Emerson, you know, these players that summer. That you know, though there were these players were you know exactly the players that were missing in his puzzle, you know, and. Uh, they went all the way. I'm not saying we will go all the way in Scudetto because it's it's a completely different thing and the 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 championship is very difficult and very competitive. But I think uh, a good uh, winter mercato and a summer mercato next year um, can put us in a better position. Hopefully, uh, give this time uh, give this team an identity and a type of football where we can try to understand. Uh, where we can actually understand what they're trying to do and achieve and um, hopefully break the pattern where we lose to the big teams yeah completely agree I think I was just going to say it, I think the summer was partially laying the foundations for 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 like Jose I think the winter yeah. transfer Mercato could be very crucial um, if they can get three players that I think they were, they wanted there was a defensive midfielder a right back and a left footed centre half there's not a left footed centre half at the club and that's baffling um, yeah. they're a rare breed um, um, but yeah it could be an interesting January transfer window um, Imran I think we've pretty much covered the basis that we wanted to talk about tonight I think we've been going on for about 45 to 50 minutes um, once again thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening 
Thank you. Thank you, as always. No worries. Um, guys, you can follow LaMagicast at LaMagicast.com. You can follow all our podcasts and all the podcast platforms. So your, your SoundClouds, your Apple Podcasts, your Stitcher, Spotify, at Al. Um, Imran, thank you very much. Uh, there's a game Thursday evening against Bodo Glimp. There's a, the last game before the third international break of the, of the season. And that is the first lunchtime kickoff of the season for AS Roma away in Venice. Um, lovely picturesque ground. Um, that should be a very interesting game to watch. Hopefully we'll be talking about the game. Uh, either the Bodo Glimp game on Thursday or the or both games that are coming up at in the next week or so um, and always remember Forza Roma and ciao ciao